This podcast is brought to you by Catch the Fire Boulder, where we're more than a church. We're family. For more information about this podcast or other resources, please go to ctfboulder.com. If uh, you haven't talked with Steve Rye about being baptized yet today, but yet you feel like you want to, it's not too late. We have extra towels, we have extra shorts and t-shirts, and so even if during uh, the message today you feel like that's something you want to do, when it's time to go back and get changed, you can just come on back with us and get changed. So we always want to make that opportunity available. We had quite a few that... Um, got a big stack here, and there's a bunch of people out sick today, so we will do it again soon. Um, let's, let's just start by praying. I'm going to talk about discipleship, but I felt to really pray that we would have courage today. We would have courage to disciple in the way that the Bible tells us to disciple, that we are going to make disciples that turn around and make disciples in the biblical way. So, Lord, we do. We just, we thank you for that courage today. I thank you, God, for each and every person in this room, everybody watching online, um, for courage to rise up within us, that whatever mindsets we have of discipleship, that aren't you, that aren't working anymore, help us to get back to the basics, the basics of what your word says, that we would see the harvest come in. God, give us courage to walk the way that you want us to walk. Thank you, Lord. You know, we, uh, we've all heard the saying before, it's not about what you say, it's about what you do, right? That thing of walking the talk. (laughs) And we all know, I think, um, that we can all fall short in that sometimes. We desire to want to do the right things and say the right things, and but do we always? No, we fall short. That's why we need Jesus. I fall short every day. All I have to do is look in the mirror and I can see all kinds of weaknesses and mistakes. But one of the most important things that we will ever do is introduce people to the Father. It is uh, a privilege like no other. And in uh, John 14, 7 through 9, it says, If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. And from now on, you know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and it is sufficient for us. Jesus said to him, I have been with you so long, and yet you have not known me. And yet you have not known me, Philip. He who has seen me has seen the Father. So how can you say, show us the Father? Eternal life, um, I think most of you know, but it's not about going to heaven. It's about knowing the Father here and now. It says that in the scripture, John 17, 3, that eternal life is to know the Father, to have that intimacy with him. It's not about 
well, my parents have this great faith, and so I know of him. Or my spouse has great faith, so I know of him. But it's you and the Father. You have a relationship. He knows you, and you know him. There's, there's conversation. Sometimes there's laughter. Sometimes there's tears. Sometimes there's great excitement. Uh, sometimes there's just... Awe and wonder is uh, a lot of what I feel going on here this morning and starting in corporate prayer and even in our worship, just this sense of awe and wonder. And he so wants us to just have childlike faith. But how can we have childlike faith? How can we be as a child if we don't know the Father? We've got to know him as Father. Years ago... um, This is such a special month for me for so many uh, reasons, but 33 years ago, it was Christmas time that I first heard the gospel and gave my life to the Lord. I had just gotten out of um, jail and uh, drug um, rehab, and I heard the gospel for the first time, and my life has never been the same since. That same month, that same year, Uh, Steve asked me to marry him. We were engaged, got married six months later. This month, it just is always, ever since then, been filled with awe and wonder for me about what the Lord has done and what he's doing and what he's going to do. But it wasn't probably until about 2009, yeah, 2009-2010, that the whole thing of Father got revealed to me. I was always good with Jesus, good with Holy Spirit. Um, But it wasn't until I read that scripture that Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father, that all of a sudden I was good with the Father. My dad, he is an amazing man whom I love a lot. But just as I fall short in being a wife and being a mother and being a pastor, my dad, you know, <laughs> fell short in being a father. He's, he can't compare our earthly fathers to our heavenly father, right? Anybody <laughs> agree on that one? <sighs> but when Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the father, I want you to read this week. Go through the Gospels and read about what Jesus did, how he did good everywhere he went, right? He healed the sick. He raised the dead. He cast out demons. He is so good. And he's saying, see all that? That's the Father. And when that became a truth that sank in my heart, that's when I really saw, like, it was a natural progression then of me actually making disciples. Because me and the Father, we were good, And then it was a natural flow after that of me revealing the Father's love to others. Without that, people just get a piece. They don't get the whole thing. You know, without that, they heard my testimony a lot. Uh, They heard about the power of Jesus, about the power of Holy Spirit. But without the love of the Father, it's just not complete. I mean, Jesus came to point us to the Father, to reveal the Father to us. That was the whole mission. And that mission hasn't changed for us today. 
We are to show people the Father, to reveal the Father. And the Father is so full of love. He is so full of love. We saw when Jesus came, yes, he went about doing good everywhere he went. And then we saw that the agony, the, the torture, everything that he went through on the cross. We saw all of that so that he could reveal the Father's love. He is so good. Some think, um, unfortunately, they, I just see people a lot of times they give out of their inner intellect. And it can be um, tempting, I guess, especially if you have a lot of knowledge to just give out of your intellect. But that's not going to make disciples that in turn, then turn around and make disciples. There has to be a knowing of the Father, an intimacy with the Father. That's what has to come about. And disciples are made so many ways. Your children, your spiritual children, your nieces, your nephews, your friends, your coworkers, those that maybe you spend the most time with, there is a closeness there of making disciples. And then there's a bigger spectrum of maybe different acquaintances, maybe neighbors, uh, maybe family or friends that live out of state. And you're making disciples, but it's on a, you know, they're a little bit further out. And you've got what we do here. We've got people watching from all over the world, and we go to the world, we go to the nations, and we make disciples. So it looks different no matter where you're at. But it's got to come out of that that love out of that intimacy from the Father, or it will fall flat every time. They won't turn around and then make disciples that make disciples. And I love our spiritual, <clears throat> excuse me, Father, uh, Pastor Rests in Joshua Nations. That's their whole thing that God gave him is to make disciples that turn around, that make disciples. And it goes on and on and on. And that's what our Lord did. That's what Jesus did. Sorry, I love coffee. I tend to drink too much and then it makes me hoarse, but <laughs> it's not a suggestion from God that we are to multiply ourselves. Can I get an amen? Anybody ever read in scripture about discipling being some sort of suggestion that this might be maybe a good thing for you to do? <laughs> it's so much more than that. I want to ask you this morning, are we fulfilling the commandment that's in 28, Matthew 28, 19, that we are to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit? Are we doing that? Look, don't look to your left or to your right, but look in that, that mirror <laughs> of God's word and ask yourself, am I doing that? It's a commandment. It's a commandment that we multiply ourselves. If we're doing it to some degree, this morning, Holy Spirit wants you to ask him, how can you do it in a, in a greater measure? He is the genius, like I always say. He is the genius, and so he knows. He knows the people that he's put in your sphere of influence, and he knows their hearts, and he knows their wants and their needs, and he knows how to talk to them. We're his sheep. We hear his voice. His word says we can hear 
the shepherd's voice. So this morning, even right now, I just feel, close your eyes and pause for a minute and ask him, highlight a person to you, highlight a scripture, an action. There is some way that he wants you to be able to make disciples in a greater measure, whether that's somebody you're already working with to take them further into intimacy with him, or it's a new person that he's going to bring into your life. Lord, we just thank you. We thank you for your wisdom. Your word says in James, if we lack wisdom in anything to ask of you, and you will give it to us generously. So we ask your wisdom right now. How can we better display the Father's love? Thank you, Lord. Thank you for showing us areas that need to be tweaked within us this morning. That we would display your love better. Thank you, Father, for giving us words of knowledge, words of wisdom that we could speak right to the root of things, right to the heart, to those things that so matter in our loved ones. Lord, I just, I thank you that making disciples, it's for everyone. (laughs) Thank you for better equipping us to do that. I am so... Just thankful for where God has us and where he has brought us to. Corporate prayer was so good this morning. It it always is. But there was so much that just came about. Uh, John at one point was praying um, about fire. And right before he started doing this, I saw God had placed a ring of fire around this place. And Jody, just to go with what you said that God was just showing us that, yes, he is here to heal. And there's definitely a thing of, of broken hearts that he once healed this morning. There is physical healing, but there's that emotional healing also. It's here for you. And it doesn't have to be imparted by um, a pastor, a leader. It can be just you and God. It could be the person sitting next to you. But reach out if you're hurting this morning because healing is here. And reach out and make disciples. It's not just for the fivefold. It's not um, just if you're a, a pastor, a teacher, an evangelist, a prophet, and an apostle. It is for every single believer to make disciples. It is for all of us. Is there any believers in Jesus Christ here this morning? then you are disciple makers. It's who you are. You are to multiply yourself. You know, in Mark 16, it says, these signs shall follow those that believe, right? It says that there's going to be evidence. There's going to be proof. If you are a believing believer, 
there's going to be some fruit of that. Have you ever looked at that scripture before in the light of you are the minister that leads somebody into the Father's love, and then that person, you see, then they're doing these works. Not you're doing the works, and then people are following you, but you're leading them to the Father, and then they're doing the works. We say all the time, making disciples is not about getting somebody to say a prayer. I said a prayer 33 years ago, in Arvada, Colorado, that changed my life. But that was just the beginning. (laughs) It was just an acknowledgement that I realized for the first time there really is this person, Jesus, who died on a cross for me and rose again on the third day, and I wanted to give my life to him. It was just the beginning. Then, thank you, Lord, (laughs) he surrounded me with so many amazing people to disciple me. A lot of you have heard, but Steve's aunt and uncles um, were probably the biggest ones. They would have us in their home all the time and just going over the scripture with us, explaining it to us. I had so many questions. I did not grow up in the church. Um, There was a distant kind of Catholic... uh, I don't even know what you call it. (laughs) People would ask me, you know, before that, what are you? And I'd say, well, I was baptized Catholic. I didn't know (laughs) what that meant. Other than I knew when I was a little baby, you know, I had the little drops of water on my head, and I had some godparents that I never really saw or talked to. You know, even with that, there just wasn't discipling. And it's sad, because no matter... How you start, it's how you finish, right? It doesn't matter how you start. So no matter where you're at today, God has more for you. He wants more for you. And he wants you to not be stingy with what he's given you. But he wants you to continuously just pour that out. And the scripture says, if we are faithful with a little, he he gives us more. I heard somebody say, yeah, he gives us more. Thank you, Lord. (sighs) More. And a lot of us know that can be a dangerous prayer. (laughs) More, Lord. (sighs) But we start off praying for courage today. Courage to make disciples in the biblical manner. You know, the greatest leaders are always trying to work themselves out of a job. They are always training up others always looking about who can I impart to, who can I pour into, who, whose life can I see bettered by being here. And I want you again to look in the mirror, stop believing the lies of the enemy that you have nothing to give. But when you look in the mirror, you've got to see God created you with things that are special for those people around you. But you've got to ask, Lord, what do you have for this person. You know, you might be sitting next to somebody right now that has a need that you can fulfill, but if you don't ask the question, it won't get filled. You have to ask, how can I help them? How can I encourage them? We're not having a a baptism today just because um, 
thought it was a great idea and marked it on the calendar. But we're having it baptisms today because we're about making, making disciples that then are baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit because we're about doing the Father's work. We're doing his business. So you might ask, how do I even start making disciples? Maybe you're new in the faith and you're not even sure how to share your faith. You've got to start with knowing the Father's love and letting that just naturally come forth from you. When, unfortunately, when I first got saved, I didn't have that component. I just had a whole lot of fire and a whole lot of immaturity and a whole lot of passion. And I think I, I probably drove away a couple people because... I didn't know what to say other than kind of turn or burn. I was like, you have got to give your life to the Lord now or you're going to burn in hell forever. I was just like, it had just, you know, been this revelation that I got. And so my friend that uh, she was the maid of honor at my wedding and then I wound up working with her and um, a lot of friends from high school, I just went back to them and I was like, uh, we had the movie... Um, Oh, it's not in a twinkling of an eye. It's Left Behind. The, the Left Behind movies and books and everything had come out, and I'd tell them, you got to come over, you got to watch this. And they'd watch it, and I'm like, okay, now, now you got to pray. And they just, like, didn't want to, you know? And I'm like, how can you not want to? Do you not get this? <laughs> it was just, oh, it was so frustrating for me because once I grasped it, I'm like, why? And sometimes, I don't know, do you ever still feel that way? Like 33 years later, I'm like, oh, I don't understand why people would say no, you know? But there's timing. There is timing. I mean, God's timing is today. He says today is the day of salvation. But people, they have these different things that hold them back. And unfortunately, a lot of it is because they've been hurt by Christians and they've been hurt by the church. They haven't seen the Father's love. And so we've got to... That's just the thing that's continuously highlighted. If we are going to see people come to know the Lord, we have to show them the Father's love. And are we going to be perfect at that? No, because <laughs> we're, not, we're not perfect. But he is. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to John 12, 26 with me. We're going to look at another scripture about discipleship. This is one um, I haven't really seen before in this light until I started preparing uh, for this message, or he was preparing me for this message. So John 12, 26, Jesus is there and he's saying, if anyone serves me, let him follow me. And where I am, there my servant will be also. If anyone serves me, him my father will honor. So in some ways, this is the opposite of what we might expect him to say. We might anticipate him saying that if we want to follow him, we must serve him. Instead, he puts it the other way. 
Serving him requires that we follow him. <laughs> when he first started revealing all this to me, it took a while. I can, I don't know about you guys, I can be pretty thick scold. <laughs> and I'm like, Lord, what are, you, what are you saying here? And he just, today and in this verse, he continues to say it's not about the good works that we do. It's about whether we do what he's asking us to do. We have to follow him in order to know what he's asking us to do. We have to know him in order for us to know what he's asking us to do. There's so many good works. You don't have to look very far at all to know all of the needs that are out there and all of the good that you could go about doing. But what is he calling you personally to do with those that he has put in your, your realm to make disciples, who in turn make disciples. It's going to be unique. The way that I am working with somebody isn't the same way that Dylan is going to work with somebody, or that Sharon, or Julie. We all we experience the Father's love in such a beautiful way, so personable. You can't even, I mean, you guys know, you can't really truly explain. How do you put into words? When you are so aware of the Father's love, when you're just sitting on his lap and he's holding you, and you just know, even if it looks all around you like things are coming to an end, like things are crashing down, like there's no hope. When you crawl onto his lap and you sit there and he holds you, there's just no words to explain the, the peace that he fills you with, the assurance. A lot of you, I know, had amazing parents. Um, and I remember my mom even growing up, especially, you know, teenage years, thinking back a little ways, but I can remember like being 12-ish and something not exactly going my way and sitting there on my bed and crying and thinking it's the end of the world and my mom coming in and just holding me and saying, it's going to be okay and just letting me cry on her shoulder and I thought at that moment, it is going to be okay. I don't know how, but my mom's arms around me just saying, it's going to be okay well, the Father has got his arms around you today, and no matter where you're at, he is telling you it's going to be okay. Maybe not everything has turned out the way you thought it was going to in 2021. You know, we're coming, this is the last Sunday of this year, and maybe you had different expectations of what 2021 was going to look like. And the Father is with you today, and he's saying it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. You know, he is outside of time. We are so caught up in time. Oh, what time is it? What time is it? I got to do this. I got to do that. Always. What time is it? I'm really, oh, I don't know, good or bad about that, you could say. Normally, if Steve needs to know what time it is, he just asks me, and I always know, like that. Although I'm trying to get better. So even this morning, he asked, what time is it? And I was like, I don't know. I'll have to go see. <laughs> I don't know why he can't just look at his phone, but <laughs> I guess because I've always been that person that I'm just like, I know what time it is. 
But in the natural, I want to be that person that I don't care what time it is in the natural. You know, I want to know what time it is in the supernatural, in the spiritual realm, what time it is. That's the timeline we need to be on, which there isn't one. All right? God is outside of time. He doesn't look at the, the hour, the minute, as far as oh, our busy lives and our busy schedules. He looks at hearts, and he looks at, hmm, are they making disciples that make disciples? Are they multiplying themselves? That's my, that's my whole vision, that they would be multiplying themselves. As we grow, we should see the people around us growing. Um, you know, it's been said many times, you're going you're gonna to look like the people that you surround yourselves with. And so why it is wonderful to have people that in your life that don't know the Lord at all, that you can be a witness to, and it's wonderful to have people in your life that kind of are on the same, you know, in the same, same season as you and see things the way you do, that's great. But you've got to have people that are a step ahead also that you can grab a hold and be like, okay, I see that. Now I know it's possible. I'm going to go for it. You've got to have all those aspects going on. If you don't know what to do, it's important that you're doing something. Even like Justin was talking about this morning, he didn't even always understand tithing. A lot of principles in God's words, a lot of things that we do because we just know his word says to do it, doesn't mean we have the full understanding of that, but we just, out of obedience, we do it. It's important that you're, you're moving, but maybe if you're not right now and you're saying, well, I'm not sure what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm not sure how to disciple or who to disciple. I would say, what is the last thing that God told you to do? Who is the last person that he highlighted to you to disciple? And then what are you doing with that? What are you doing with them? If we're faithful with a little, he'll give us more. So if you haven't heard anything in a while, maybe you haven't done anything with the last thing he told you to do. So go back and what did he tell you to do? Who did he tell you to pour into? He does this with me a lot. I can get distracted. Me and Linda are the only ones. I don't know. She's the only one that's <laughs> nodding her head with me. Anybody else get a little distracted? Like he shows you, these are the ones to pour into. And then you just get all caught up in life. And then he tells you, okay, and Kristen. And then he tells you, um, excuse me, do you remember these people here? I said that they're the ones you're supposed to pour into. And you're like, oh, yes, okay, got to do that. It happens. Don't beat yourself up, just get back on track. Well, in the same way, you know, I was talking about we can disciple people in our homes, in our neighborhoods, our cities, our regions, our churches. We have all of that. This scripture calls us, though, to make disciples of all nations. Lord, continue to give us revelation on what that, what that looks like.
If, you, um, if you've spent much time with us, you know that's another revelation that we've got that, like, I'd say comes out pretty well. And again, we were blessed when we got saved at Faith Bible Chapel. A lot of you got to meet um, our old pastors, George and Cheryl Morrison. They were here a while back speaking about uh, praying for the peace of Jerusalem and how we're to reach out to um, God's chosen people. But I am so thankful for them and the others that were there that, like, every church has its faults, right? None of us are perfect. But one strength I can definitely say about faith is they get making disciples of all the nations. They're continuously sending out missionaries. And that's what we grew up in, is making disciples of all the nations. We grew up in that, and then God told us to plant a church And we continued to preach on that, but we didn't fully get it. I I don't think we still have fully got it, but we got a whole lot more. Um, As you know, when God told our daughter to go to Australia, then it was kind of like, oh. (laughs) I always say, put up or shut up. You know, it's like, oh, you've been preaching. Go to the nations, go to the nations, go to the nations. And then he's like, your little girl right here, (laughs) she's going to go live on the other side of the world. And we're like... Oh, all right. And that's what started us, actually going to the nations. And many of you have went with us, and many of you will go with us. And it's, again, not a suggestion. (laughs) We are to make disciples of all the nations. And so that looks different than when you're talking with your neighbor, you know, on your front porch. That lately has looked like a lot of Zoom. (laughs) Thank God borders and things are opening back up and we're able to actually go and um, wrap our arms around people and, and love on them the way that God intends. But you do what you can, you know, with what you have. But for those of you that haven't been around very long and you might be thinking, why are they always talking about Sierra Leone and Thailand and the nations, and they're always asking for money, like, to go to the nations. Why, why, why? It's not us. It's the word of God. Go make disciples of all the nations. It's not a suggestion. It's happening here, people being saved, people being baptized, and it's happening around the world. Um, Myanmar has just opened back up in a huge way, and we were able to send them some support so they could actually have some food to eat um, to get them through the end of the year. They were running out of rice and running out of food, and because of relationship, because we've been able to be there and show them the love of the Father, and there's relationship, we were able to help them with that. And I'm not saying we, as in Steve and I, that's We, as in Catch the Fire, Boulder, all of you that have prayed into the nations and given to the nations, you're helping people have food to eat right now, spiritually and naturally. Today, um, we do have some people that are going to be baptized and hopefully hear a little bit from them of of why. But at the same time, I see, anybody heard lately about the billion soul harvest? (laughs) Isaac, Lee, it's been spoken of 
time and time again. Now is the time for this billion soul harvest to come in. That is going to take all hands on deck. That is going to take all of, and it's just letting God work through our hands. It is not that I have anything special. I mean, most of you know I'm high school dropout, ex-drug addict that fell in love with God, and now I'm just continuing to, you know, try to tell other people how good he is. All he wants is your yes. Always. That's all that we have ever done as a church, as a couple, is give God our yes. It can be scary. I know in 2022, um, there's going to be more kind of scary yeses that he's going to want for me. But can I tell you, if you just decide now that whatever he asks, the answer is yes, it'll be easier. Don't wait until he puts <laughs> the scary vision in front of you and then you're like, I don't know. <laughs> Say yes now. Say that you're going to be obedient to whatever he has for you now because that will save you a lot of time. It'll save you a lot of heartache, a lot of frustration, and we can get the job done. Today, uh, before we go into the baptisms, we're actually we're going to take another offering for making disciples of all the nations. And this is something I've uh, wrestled with for, oh gosh, I don't know. It's been a couple months ago now. But Holy Spirit is, is on it. He continues to tell me, as we go, he will take care of home. And so I have to trust him. You know, I made up my mind, my heart, my life 33 years ago. I'm trusting him. Whether it makes sense to me or not, it doesn't matter. Because another prayer that I pray often is intellect, take a back seat, and spirit, you're going you're gonna to lead here. And without doing that, a lot of times our intellect does want to take over. And we want to just talk according to the knowledge that we have. We want to live according to the knowledge we have. And God has so much more for us. With every new miracle that, that comes about, even though it can seem scary, I'm like, yes, this is what I signed up for. I signed up to live a life that I can't, <laughs> that can only be done with his power abiding in me and through me. And day after day, I see that and go, huh, scary, but yes, because that's what I signed up for. Does anybody here want to live that life that is beyond yourself, that is beyond what you can do in the natural, that is just all in, like in the deep end, you're over your head, you couldn't paddle fast enough if you had to, you had to just surrender all to God and say, have your way? That's where he wants us. So we're going to pray. And um, I saw some baskets 
come in, and then we'll um, pass the baskets again. Anything that is given right now, it's going to go to our travel fund to take the gospel to the nations. We know that Miramar is one of those. Um, we know Sierra Leone. We know Thailand. There's still uh, North Korea that we're like ready to go. There's places nobody else wants to go. The two of us crazy ex-drug addicts standing right here, <laughs> we're saying we're ready to go. And we know there's some of you out there that are ready to go with us. So. Shops and restaurants, and they turn 
turn those on and people are downloading the two-year Joshua Nations curriculum in Chinese, the whole entire Bible, and other teachings, Dr. Russ's Holy Spirit manual, and other stuff, and they can just show up at the coffee shop, and they have no idea how many times it's been downloaded, but people just go from place to place to place to place to place in a day, and we have no idea where it's going. We have no idea. You know, God is on the move, and it isn't just what we can measure. It isn't just what we can see. It isn't just what we can claim on a, on a tally card. God is on the move, and you know what? God is calling us to go and train and equip people, and God's opened up doors for us to have access to curriculum and to stuff that is absolutely amazing. And I think that sometimes we forget how how easy, and when God's in control, it just works. But I was just excited because Pastor Bull sent me a picture of this couple, and they just got saved this morning. They came into church. They've been watching the church now, meeting in the pavilion. They came this morning, and they got saved. I didn't get the pictures, but a week ago, they baptized, I think, 40 or 50 people that have gotten saved in the past... I think the church, this is the sixth week they've been going. And so, absolutely phenomenal what God is doing. And he wants all of us to be a part. The people in Burma right now are under extreme, extreme persecution. They've been taken over by the military. It's in a full military coup. They've taken all the main leaders and thrown them in prison, killed a lot of them. And uh, Pastor Elijah said, it is amazing how many people are getting saved. How many Buddhists are seeing that Buddha isn't helping them and they're starving and that they're seeing that Christianity is moving across that nation in such a mighty way like they've never experienced anywhere in history. And he runs a Bible school and a church there and we were able to send him some money it went in a package full of rice, and it went across on a truck with groceries to the market, and uh, they were able to get Thai bought because the Burmese money is worth absolutely nothing. And so it's just phenomenal, and I don't think we have a full understanding, nor will we till we get to heaven and see the amount of people we've touched. So let's pray. Lord, we just we thank you so much that you choose us to, to co-labor with. God, that we get to be a part of your billion soul harvest coming in right now. People coming to know your love. Thank you for even everything that you showed us in, in corporate prayer this morning of just chains falling off of people, of freedom coming to people in the natural and in the spiritual. We thank you for our, our brothers and our sisters all over this world. Thank you for those that we've got to minister to in Vietnam. We continue to believe, God, for the head of these communist places that they would have Saul conversions, that they would be knocked off their horses and, and awoken to the light of your love. 
God, that these countries would be free, that the people in these countries would be free to worship you, to know you. We thank you, God. We thank you for your children in Africa. So many that uh, we have seen in Uganda and Sierra Leone walking for miles with huge containers, trying to just get some fresh water. Thank you, Lord, for, for helping us to be provision for them, to bring clean water, to bring your love. God, we just, uh, we are humbled that you take this little church in, in Boulder, Colorado, and you are able to multiply us to the nations. Only you, only you could do such a thing. And we give you all of the honor, all of the praise, all of the glory for who you are and what you are doing, Lord. God, I just pray that we would be obedient now as even um, we might have our own personal needs, that we would just be obedient into sowing into the nations whatever you would have us do this morning, knowing that as we go, you will take care of home. There's needs in this place just meeting the bills here at um, Catch the Fire Boulder. But you've said, take an offering for the nations. So we're being obedient in doing that, knowing that you'll take care of what's needed here. All for your glory, Lord. Amen.